Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On today's episode, we have Kirk Cabana. Kirk is currently the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator at Carolina University. Kirk actually has a maybe the most unique path to coaching that we've had on this podcast. He actually went back and after years of, of working in the real world, he decided at age 30 that he wanted to go back and play college baseball to, again. So at 30 years old, he went back and played college baseball for a few years. He tells exactly how all that um, happened in this episode and you know how, how he was able to learn from so many different things throughout his life and, and pass those things on to two players that were on his team while he was playing, but also now as he has transformed into a coach and so this is a it's a fun episode I was really interested to hear about Kirk's path he does some great stuff he has his own podcast pursuit for purpose I've actually been a guest on that podcast but this is just a great episode because it's such a unique journey that you don't hear every single day I mean someone who at the age of 30 decides to go back and play college baseball again and and the what and the why behind that is is fascinating to me so I, I think everyone's gonna get a kick out of this one no matter if you uh, you know love um, the X's and O's of coaching or you know you just like hearing an inspirational story this episode is brought to you by driveline plus driveline plus is a growing library of the greatest tools on baseball in baseball I should say I've been a member of driveline plus for a few years now and they put up so many great pieces of content when it comes to instructional videos and drills on hitting pitching just everything so if you head to drivelinebaseball.com slash plus and type in coupon code jones25 you'll get $25 off your first year of driveline plus so drivelinebaseball.com slash plus type in coupon code jones25 you'll get $25 off your first year of driveline plus this week i am also doing a a live presentation um, with my good buddy Jared Gaynor, who's a pitching coach in the Minnesota Twins organization. So it's the Baseball Coaches Blueprint. This event's going to be this Sunday, March 27th. If you're listening to this episode after it's already aired, that's okay. You can still sign up and we will send you the replay. But for those who are listening to this before, if you head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash Gaynor, Type in your name and email. We will send you the link to the live presentation. So it's going to be a ton of fun. It's completely free. Jared's going to be explaining you know, how he goes about helping players and pitchers more specifically throw more strikes and command the zone. And I'm going to be talking about how we can help hitters make better swing decisions and hit those strikes harder. So it's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be free. PatrickJonesBaseball.com slash Gainer. Type in your name and email. We'll send you the link. Um, for this upcoming Sunday, March 27th at 8 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, here is now my episode with Kirk Cabana. All right, we now welcome on Kirk Cabana. Kirk, thanks for coming on the show today. Patrick, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored blessed and extremely humbled to get this chance to chat with you and uh, and join that list of some amazing guests that you've had on your show 
Yeah, we've been we've been very fortunate to have uh, some some really great guests on. I'm excited for this episode too. And my first question I have for you is is why were you playing college baseball at 30 years old? <laughs> Coming out the gate, well, uh, I was playing college baseball at 30 years old uh, because I made some mistakes in my youth. It wasn't um, path number one, uh, so to speak. But you know, a lot of the the true motivation came from um, from having my son. And I knew if I was going to ever ask that young man to do anything that I had to do something right first myself. And that was making up for some past mistakes and the other uh, almost at that age, egotistical side of the equation was I still felt like I was an athlete. You know, I still felt like I had it in my bones to go out there and compete with a bunch of 18 year olds because I knew what I left on the table at 18 years old myself and I could outwork, you know, old, old me and to show up every day and give myself a, a chance to compete. So what were you doing all up into your 20s? I mean, how, take me through that a little bit. I'm, I'm now I'm curious. Whew. Well, uh, all through the 20s, uh, I was just being a regular Joe. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of it for me, again, from no arrogance uh, of anything, was I, I built up a lot of dreams for myself in my adolescence. And uh, I didn't follow through on any of those things in, in my 20s. And I knew something bigger lived within me and I needed to bring that out to the surface. But a lot of it, you know, before even going out there and making that team, I didn't even care if I made the team. It was just no more what ifs I needed to go, go and get it. So I needed to get out of that aspect of where, you know, I, I started, I got married, you know, I, I started a family. I had a good job. I was making good money, but I wasn't fulfilled. You know, I wasn't happy with where I was going. I know, knew there was more I was supposed to be, do, and have. And the reality was, and I'm very thankful for my family's business that allowed me to be gainfully employed and do some good things from a monetary standpoint. But I, my life wasn't going to be defined by killing bugs. Mm. So that's what you were doing, killing bugs? I was killing bugs and I was pretty good at it. You know, I, I enjoyed the aspect of, um, you know, communicating with people. I, I worked more in the commercial setting and a lot of high rise class A buildings in the downtown LA area. But really, I knew there was supposed to be more, like I said, that I, I applied, uh, you know, the skill set of communication of, of good work, you know, to just something else, because without a degree, I couldn't jump laterally to anything else in, in a career without starting again back at the bottom. And, trying to do it all over again until I got to a point again where I said, well, is this what I want to be defined by? Is this what I want to be fulfilled by? So I knew getting my education was a major aspect of giving myself some personal choice for what I wanted to do with my career. And, you know, coming back and playing baseball was great, but being able to find a job and find gainful employment in sports was really a lot of what I wanted to do because sports is what I'd been defined by my my whole life and not even defined by, but just what I knew, what I loved, what I knew I wanted to be a part of. And if I could find a way to make my income derivative of sports, that's not work. That's joy. What'd your wife say when you're like, you know, I'm having have a good job. We now, we now have a kid. I'm going to go back and play college baseball with a bunch of 18 year olds. I have no idea how she let me get away with any of this at all, at all. I owe her everything and you know and that's a lot of what I try to stress to these young men that I get a chance to be around it now is guys I don't know if you're gonna get as lucky as I did where you get a a wife that's 
lets you make this crazy decision at 30 years old because she could have shut that down. And I'd had to agree with her that, yeah, it's absolutely crazy, but she knew, she knew by the look in my eye when I, when I came to her about it, how intentional I was about wanting to do this, that I'd put some thought into this aspect of everything. And, uh, you know, I worked really hard to try to make sure that I proved her right in the decision that she, she made for, you know, not saying allowing, but for, for giving me the opportunity to prove myself. And, uh, you know, that's been almost made me well up real fast. That's been one of the biggest rewards is, uh, is, is her telling me that, yeah, I, I knew something was different when, when these, you know, I started making these different corrections that I hadn't before, as far as, you know, just personal growth and uh, personal development, taking care of myself, the way I started talking uh, about how, how I was going to do these things. So, I mean, it, I mean, I'm actually turning 30 tomorrow. And so my first thought is, okay, I, if I want to play college baseball and I hadn't played before, a, I got to be getting myself in shape, right, to play. But then B, I got to be able to find a place to play, right? Like, who, so how did how did you go about actually getting the coach to let you be on the team? Well, first, happy early birthday to you. Uh, I mean, you. it's uh, I feel like the you know, thirty is my my new twenty in re- respect to what I felt like I wasted. But dang, that's a great question because it wasn't easy. And now let me tell you, because uh, not being path one, I wasted a full ride athletic scholarship to play division one football as a, as a, was a kicker. So kind of a football player, but I wasted that opportunity at the same junior college that I went back to, to play baseball at, at 30 years old. And, uh, and so when you waste that opportunity, I wasted it because I couldn't get the academics, right. I didn't take school as seriously as I took sports. And ultimately, when my sport failed me, I had nothing left to stand on. And, uh, and that was something that I, I didn't realize at that time that that was the case. I just made a bunch of excuses for whose fault it was except my own and kind of went on my merry way instead of uh, deciding to get back on the horse, take a redshirt year, find the next school that I was supposed to go to. And I, I tucked my tail and ran. And let me tell you, it ain't fun to have a going away party and not go anywhere. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Um, but so with that being said, wasting the academics, I was academically ineligible to even go back and play at 30 years old. So I had to go to class first, get academically eligible before I could even approach the coach at the school to uh, try to give me a chance because you can't be like, hey, coach, I'm a 30 year old academically out of shape ineligible baseball player thinking about trying to come out for your team next year. What do you what do you think? You got a spot for me? Right. Yeah. So. Um, so I, I went back, I got the grades right first. And that was one of the biggest things. I finally knew I was ready to be a student uh, because all those years I thought about it. You know, I wish I went back at 24, 25, but I just wasn't ready to make that commitment to education yet. And that's a major component of where it was. And now going through that process, what do you know? I'm a straight A student, you know? So it was never for a lack of intelligence. It was always just for a lack of intention and effort for, uh, on my part to put it into there, uh, that aspect. But so you, you got to go back through the, the summer league aspect of things. And again, I didn't know what I do now and understand the pacing that these guys are playing all the time. As soon as that season ended, boom, they're already into the summer season, getting ready for the fall. And, uh, and I missed a little bit of that boat. I finally got the nerve to reach out to a coach and, 
And I got to tell you, it wasn't because I was going to be some superior athlete that he gave me a chance. You know, in the summer league industry now, it was because I was additional revenue for coming in. And he pretty much straight up told me, hey, I'll give you some ABs, but these guys are priority. You know, come in, do what you can do. And uh, he talked about being in shape. I didn't come in in shape. I didn't, I didn't put myself in any work that should have been done actually to come in and, and prepare myself. So I played some summer baseball games. They did not go good. <laughs> there was there was nothing that indicated in that summer that oh that I I'm ready I should go out in the fall and and do it but I did have a, a great at bat and a, and a great glimpse of what I could hopefully become in my last at bat of the summer and that might be a blessing and a curse but it's all of a blessing because it gave me that just belief in myself that okay I could do this I could I could, I could do this I you know pounded out a, a, a triple to the left center gap and again for whatever reason, still athletic, still speed based for myself. Um, you know, I'm 34 years old right now and I could still do a backflip. So I, I got some athletic bones in my body that, that made me believe that I could, like I said, compete with some of these guys. But um, so I, I had that opportunity through the summer, asked the coach at the end of the summer, Hey, all right, I still want to do this. I want to come out for the fall and compete. What do you think my chances are? He says probably about five percent. I said that's all I need. That's all I need. You get give me any chance, and I'm going to find a way to get it done. And uh, and that's kind of not to say the the rest is history, but adding on top of that, we come into the fall, and in the first meeting, our junior college coach um, tells the entire team, the seventy guys that are sitting there in the bleachers coming out for the team, I'm not going to cut anybody. You're going to cut yourself. You're going to miss classes. You're going to miss weight room. You're going to miss practice. You're going to mess up any number of things that's going to take you away from being able to make that final 25 man roster. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be the 25th man. I just wanted the chance to be on a team to, to build every day and get 1% better. Like the, you know, baseball really likes to, to drive in because I knew it wasn't about where I was right now. It was where can I be at the end of that year? And then be able to take that opportunity to go on to another uh, a four-year university. Because I was giving myself at a junior college only one year because of the eligibility I already used through football. Mm. So it was, a, it was a very interesting but pretty strategically designed road for myself that I, I knew I had to get it done in, in a short amount of time. And uh, very, very thankful that the coach gave me the opportunity. But he, he not got in trouble, but he was scolded from the standpoint of what are you doing? Why would you give this 30 year old kid a chance to come out and compete on our team? And, uh, man, 30 year old man, 30 year old man. (laughs) Yeah. But but I, but I guess at that age, you know, I still just considered myself a kid. No, I, I, I I hear what I do too. Yeah. And, um, and so it was just beautiful that the guys accepted me. You know, they gave me a chance to go out there and compete every day. And I think a lot of it has to stem from there was no fear. There's no fear of this guy coming in and taking anything that they're working for. It was just this 30 year old dude that, hey, whatever, let this guy get out here. But just almost tortoise in the hair status. I just kept creeping along and doing what I needed to do to give myself a competitive advantage and then uh, end up end up making the team and but winning over the coaches winning over, you know, just everybody in, in the process of 
of becoming what I, I wanted to be for that team because I, I really was a good teammate. That's awesome, man. That's a great story. What, how did the season go? Uh, the season went, went really well. Um, I knew I was going to be a role player. I knew I was going to sprinkle in um, at bats towards the end of games uh, and hopefully some spot tarts starts towards the end of the season. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I, I, I make the joke about myself that I was first team all iPad. So it was, uh, I, I was, I was on it. I was on the stats. I was doing everything I could do to stay plugged into the game so that when I got my chance, I knew what to expect. I'd been seeing the pitcher already. I'd been trying as much as I could to know the pace of the game, the type of pitch pitches being called and uh, just being ready for my role and engage as much as possible. So that from a coach's standpoint, who do you want to put in? You know, you want to put in the guy that cares and, and is going to get the job done for what, you know, your situational uh, philosophy is in the game of baseball. And, uh, and, you know, I went through the season, getting my starts and uh, then uh, um, starts, but at bats. And then I got starts towards the end of the season and I ended up doing my job and kind of becoming a starter towards the end of end of the road. We were one game from playoffs. We had the chance and uh, I was really excited about my contribution to that chance, but we, it didn't end up getting done, but it was a, it was a real fun, fun process to be a part of a really talented California junior college baseball team where it wasn't a joke to make that team. There was, there's dudes playing professional baseball right now from that team. And, and a lot of guys that ended up going D one D two and uh, some others to NAIA schools as well. But it was a, it was a well-represented roster and I was very lucky to be a part of it. So after that season, what was like, what was next? Okay. So um, yeah, I, I usually I, don't do this where I go like, you know, year by year or month by month, but you're an interesting cat. So I, I want to know, I really please, do want to know. Please. Um, Self-recruiting, uh, man, I sent emails to everyone and somehow I got responses and I didn't even send a video. <laughs> I just wrote this, this, pretty awesome cover letter that just said, let me come in and try to be a leader for your, your team. You know, and I got video eventually to the people that got back to me, but um, I, I did it myself. Uh, I just, it, cause I knew there was somebody out there that would, would take me in. And I actually got a lot of response and I had a lot of opportunities all throughout the country to go to school. But um, the place that I ended up choosing is actually the place where I'm a full-time assistant coach now. And uh, it's been a, another, you know, beautiful part of the journey because I really wanted to go there because it was the second year as a program. I wanted to be a part of establishing a culture, direction, and foundation of a place. And a little naive to think that you can come in and do that as a player, but uh, I, that's still what I believed that I could be a part of doing. And, uh, and uh, I had a couple of D2s that I had a chance at going to, one, one school that uh, the coach, you know, flatters me to this day that I can't forget it. He said, you can come in with no arms and no legs and kick the ball around and I'll give you a spot on my team. If you bring the leadership that you're, you know, that I'm told you're, you're capable of bringing. So it was, uh, it was fun, fun to get to connect with coaches, fun to get to connect with people that encouraged me along this process. And you take a leap like this and your brain tells you that everybody's going to fight you along the way. And uh, I could tell you the biggest competitor I had through this process was nothing externally it was all inside and uh, I was the one fighting myself the most and uh, but I got a lot of support from a lot of people through this process that just kept 
making me feel like I belonged. There was something that I could do to contribute to the betterment of a team, to young men and to myself. And, uh, and it was great. So I, I got a chance to get to the school. I earned a, a, a small scholarship, you know, as you know, they don't hand it out like candy in baseball. So uh, I took what I got and was very happy about it and um, played that next year. And, uh, you know, that was, it was a great experience. Again, I was a great teammate, leader on the team. I got into some of my best physical shape, but the stats didn't come along that year. You know, uh, my body definitely started to really catch up to me. Uh, I joke that my hamstrings are built out of scar tissue at this point in my life for sure. And, uh, and it, it was fun. I know I contributed more to the team than what the stat line said because I just did my job. If there's a runner on second, nobody out. I'm getting that ball over to the right side. I'm giving our, our team a chance to, to get a run in, run around third. You know, I'm, I'm less than two outs. I'm, I'm playing the, the game of baseball the way that it's supposed to and, uh, and just had to let everything go the way that it was and hope that it got better. But, you know, it, it never, never necessarily did. But I started that season as a starter, but again, had to opportunities to prove it to myself that I was going to back up my actions by what I asked other people to do. And at a certain point, like I said, things didn't go my way, got benched, but still stayed plugged in as being a good teammate, getting my opportunities and then earning it back as, as far as the season went along and everything. But it was a, a great experience to get to play uh, there. And then, uh, you know, I thought I was going to have my senior season my last year, coaching staff pulls me into the office before the start of the next year and says, Kirk job's done. You know, I need you to join the coaching staff now and uh, hurt the ego a little bit for sure. You, you want to decide when you're going to hang it up and not be told, but I owe that guy everything because I, I wouldn't be where I am now if he didn't put me on that coaching staff, because little do you know that year was COVID. Mm. And so that ended up being huge, ended up being huge for, for me, because technically in a lot of weird ways in our association, I would technically still have eligibility right now if I had played that year and I'd probably be a master student or maybe even a doctorate student trying to get my education, uh, still playing some ball, but very happy being on this side of the fence right now. Well, and that's what I, I, I would envision if I were a head coach, right? And I had someone like yourself who wanted to come to my program, I would say that the biggest benefit wouldn't even be really to you know how you performed on the field but it would be the the leadership that you would bring and how you would help out those you know younger guys who are still trying to find their way and here you come in someone who is just has over 10 years of just life on them and able to help guide them so much I think that that you can't really quantify how how big of an impact that would make I I think you're right and uh you know I didn't try to shove it down their throats but I loved being able to put it to them in a loving manner that guys, if I can have a wife, a kid, a full-time job, go to school, get good grades now, show up to the weight room, just like you outwork you in there, you know, what's your excuse why you can't do what you're asked to do right here and, and use baseball as this vehicle to help you get ahead in life. What do you think of coaching so far? I love it. Uh, I love it. Uh, uh, even the ups and the downs, especially what I love the most is being so close removed from the game is that I'm not asking these guys to do anything that I didn't do myself. I was in the trenches with them and 
I know what it takes. So they're not pulling the wool over my eyes when, when they try to tell me that I don't have this time or that time. And even now in pursuit of my master's degree, uh, I'm the same. I'm like, you're not using homework on me, man. I'm going home and doing homework just the same as you right now. And I'm loving it. So you need to figure out what you, you love about it. And you know, the, co the my favorite thing of coaching right now, aside from obviously getting to play the game is, is really just trying to acknowledge and bring attention to the life lessons that they're learning in pursuit of doing everything they're doing right now and trying to make them as best as I can understand that you need to take these disciplines and these things that you're learning through your sport and take it back and apply it to the other more important areas of your life. Because if we don't, then I think we're totally missing the point of why we're growing through our sport. And look, I get it. Every single kid that's playing this game or playing sport, especially at a collegiate level, believes they're going pro. And I want them to believe that. But we all know the percentages are absolutely absurdly late, you know, <laughs> crazy that you're not going to get there for yourself. You still have to work as if you're going to get there because we're not all going to get drafted by the Yankees, but we are all going to get drafted in life. And so what you do right now sets yourself apart from your competitors in life of whether or not you're starting after you graduate with a good job and a good salary, or if you wasted your time in college and you're still starting out at the bottom as if you didn't just go through all that major process of change. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. That's really good stuff. What are you getting your master's in? I'm getting my master's in uh, positive coaching and athletic leadership. Oh, there you go. So it's, it's, a, it's a master's of education in um, educational and counseling psychology with an emphasis in positive coaching and athletic leadership. But uh, it's a really mouthful to say as far yeah. as the, the whole degree title. But um, it's from the University of uh, Missouri and the program has just been absolutely awesome and and the reason why it resonated so much with who I am is because that's in the entirety of what I'm trying to do I'm trying to grow as a person I'm trying to help these guys understand that there is much more life still ahead of them and uh, you know how they develop their character how they develop as a, as a person and what they're left to stand on after their sport is gone is way more important than just identifying only as an athlete. What's your, what's your vision for yourself in the next few years? I mean, what do you, do you want to stay in coaching? Do you want to go, I mean, what do you want to do? My, my vision for myself is pretty bold. I, I, I can't help but want to have my hand in every cookie jar that I could find right now, but um, I'm going to be a college baseball head coach that will happen at some point for my career. Um, I believe I'm ready, but I can't control what human resources people do, what athletic directors do, what any hiring department decides, what school decides to post a job listing. I can't control that. All yeah. I can control is the work that I continue to pour into myself and the others that I get a chance to, to be around. Um, I want to be a part of uh, doing some success coaching. Uh, I didn't, as far as individualized people that feel like they can connect with me and I can help them through the process of, um, again, you know, developing their character, developing some goal setting, uh, aspects of things. I also want to, uh, do some speaking. Uh, I know that I, if there's just anybody that I could pour into through the process of having to go through what I have and help them become announced better, uh, then that's, 
something that really resonates with, with myself of just trying to give back what helped me get to where, where I am. And that's just growing my mind. Yeah. Having a growth mindset towards everything, feeding myself, uh, you know, good personal development, audio, reading good books, goal setting, visualization, meditation, just all of these different aspects that I feel like correlate so well into sports, but learning them through sports takes it into the bigger picture of the, the real world once we're done with it. And then if you develop those skills through college, you're going to be a dangerous human being come real life. So what are you like looking to work, work with people in sports or out of sports with that or uh, in sports is what I what I'd really like to do. And, you know, and that's where, um, you know, not not as a self plug for myself, but that's where uh, you're finding pursuit for purpose had um, come into play. And that's a, a goal setting and a character development organization that I created that really is meant to help athletes use the skills, the disciplines and the uh, everything that they're learning in sport and applying it back to the other more important areas of life so that they could use sports as a vehicle to help them become the best versions of themselves. And, and we, we get a lot of chances with sports to, to learn these life lessons. I see college as the ultimate internship, college sports as the ultimate internship. There's there's no reason you have to stress about going and getting this internship so you can get a job. You have it all in the palm of your hands right here. And you, if you commit yourself to the process of enjoying your college experience and enjoying the people you're around from your administrators, your teachers, your coaches, you can walk away from college with every uh, letter of recommendation that you could ever ask for. But sometimes mm -hmm. it's, it's tough to really see what we have in the palm of our hands. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking of all the things that you've said so far this episode. It's you're, you might be the most interesting person I've had on this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's uh, uh, you didn't have a smile on my face the rest of this uh, episode for sure. That's awesome. That it, that, yeah, it really is. I know you have your own podcast, Pursuit for Purpose, like you kind of just mentioned right there. We'll put the link in the show notes. Fantastic stuff on there. I, I like this. I mean, I've I've been on that podcast, but ton of great guests. I um, saw you just had, you know, Joe Ferraro on there, who's been on you know, my podcast too. He does a great job, but what, what's your vision with, with your podcast? Well, uh, it's just to continue giving, uh, giving, it kind of was an extension of coaching. I, I was, I was really fell in love with this notion that, okay, I get a chance to coach 40 different kids on a baseball field. But something like this with the Pursuit for Purpose organization, it can extend the reach where I'm in places that I don't even have to be in the, in the same place as, as the person. And really what I, I've loved about it, as much as it's a vision of helping others learn through the other amazing minds that have been through a lot of these processes, is uh, I get to grow through it as well. Just the same um, by, by talking to these people and they breathe life into me just as much as I know that their words are breathing life into other people as well, too, because a lot of this stuff comes down to it from not just a me standpoint, but from other standpoint, if any of us could do it, then you can do it, too, because none of us are really any more special than anybody else. We just decided at some point to take a leap. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that's something that, that has to happen 
for, for all of us at a certain point, once we find out what our why is, why we really are driving towards helping others. And uh, a lot of mine is just uh, towards servitude. I want to be a servant leader and I want to help others become the best versions of themselves. And uh, you'll probably hear me say that a, a few more times, but I just mean it. I mean it a lot. And, and my favorite Zig Ziglar quote is, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And um, I, I've really taken that to heart. And I just, I just want to see people thrive. I just want to pe see people excited about living their life and, and doing what makes them happy. Because as Earl Nightingale describes the definition of success, uh, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And that means any single person that is working towards something that they care about, well, they're a success. And it doesn't matter if it's a person that's running a corner gas station or if it's a person that's working at Arby's. If that's what they want to do, then they're successful. And they, and they put intention into what they're doing. Mine might just happen to be a little bit more bold and, and broad for what I, I want to do and become. But I know that in the process of obtaining these external lofty goals that I've set for myself, well, I'm successful in pursuit of those things because I'm I'm doing the action and I'm building towards it. And as great as those rewards that will come from meeting these goals, what I'm becoming in the process of obtaining them is the most important thing as well. Yeah, I I view kind of what I do, you know, as a coach and, and everything, you know, else I I'm, I do within the game of baseball, more of a, a calling than I do a, a job or a career or anything like that. And it's it's kind of sad sometimes when I talk to friends or people who, man, you could just tell you bring up work to them and it's they you can just see it in their face. It's just they just get sad and and they talk about you know how they don't like what they're doing, not passionate about it. And it's like, man, I can't stop thinking about everything that I get to do on a daily basis and what I want to do next and how I can make things better. And it's like, man, that would be awesome to be able to help people find that within their own life so they can feel that way too. Right. Because I think everyone deserves to, to feel that. I think everyone has a different journey when it comes to, you know, going about finding their, their purpose and, you know, pursuit for their purpose, kind of like what, you know, what you're doing over there, but yeah, it is a, uh, I wish more, I wish everybody could feel the way I feel and probably the way you feel too. Right. And look, we, and it's, it's a really tough part of, about a lot of this is it's sensitive. Uh, you can't force personal development or growth upon anybody. They have to want to take that next step. And the, the you know, motivation might start from something that they heard outside of themselves but to keep things going, it's it's got to come from within. You got to find that drive for yourself that really pushes you towards the things that you believe in. And you know, again, that can't be forced on others. It's it's got to come at the time that they're ready. And uh, I think a lot of that is relevant to my own journey. I wasn't ready at 24, 25 to pursue my purpose. I uh, was just in a in a waste your own time mode, and and it took other things becoming, uh, you know, relevant in my life, like having a child and being a father that made me go like, whoa, it might be time to start actually being an adult in, in this life. And one of the things that you had said, Patrick, was, you know, one of the things that we hear often, but it's the truth. And I'm glad to hear it in, in your phraseology, but you said things I get to do. 
And that's the beauty of where, where things are at. When we have that perspective that we get to, to get to do things rather than got to do things, it's, it changes our, our mindset really powerfully on, on what we believe that we have the opportunity to get to do something. And that's just where work is at these days for myself. It's not work. I get to go to the baseball field. Right. I get to do a podcast with amazing guests. I get to pour into people. And it just, it means the world to myself that I finally am getting a chance to be myself. That's awesome. Kirk, I want to, I want to um, go a different route here now. And I want to talk about like, what's a typical day, like game day for Carolina university. A uh, typical game day is uh, I can't say that it's extremely different than than every other program, but I think the difference is going to be that we're a group with chips on our shoulders. A lot of our guys have come from other programs, were overlooked by other schools, and now we're a, a wonderful group of misfits, so to speak, um, in this environment where we get to to try to prove everybody wrong and uh, you know, not look at our label of our, our division or, or, our, or our association or anything like that. Because I can tell you this, every school that comes in to play us that's in a higher association thinks they're gonna wipe the floor with us. And uh, we're, we're one of those schools that when we beat those guys, they're over there getting lectured <laughs> on the other end because they didn't play up to their capabilities. But, they don't know that we believe in ourselves. We believe what we're doing. So um, I believe that a lot of the guys here at, at our program all have the talent level to play at better schools, so to speak, association-wise, but they were missing something else along the lines of what makes them a complete package. And so I've really enjoyed the opportunity to try to help mold them more towards what that package is supposed to be as an overall person as an overall human being that also plays baseball. So, I mean, it's, it's just like everybody else in terms of showing up. Now we got to show up even earlier because we got to do bat testing. So, I mean, that adds extra time into a, a Wait, game. Bat, bat testing. Yeah. Uh, for, for college baseball, you got to go through and you got to put your bat through a compressor. It's got to show that it's not hot pretty much. And it's got to get a sticker put on it. So, you know, it pretty much adds an extra half an hour to your day in preparation because, uh, you know, they're just trying to get rid of juice bats as, as much as possible. Is that every level they're doing that? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty much it's been at the higher levels for a second, but it's just gotten down to the uh, NAIA type level where um, it has to happen before games. And you just have to do it if you're playing a weekend series. You just got to do it on Friday. And then you don't have to do it for Saturday and Sunday, provided that your sticker stays on the back. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is interesting. It adds in in time uh, that, that everything has to has to happen. So you get there, you, you get that kind of stuff done. You're, you're hitting in the cages, um, you know, getting yourself prepared, um, then getting yourself loose, throwing and uh, and kind of pretty much just following the standard of, of getting ready for I.O., and uh, and then going national anthem and and, and playing some ball, but it, it the the difference I, I really feel like that probably is uh, is from our level to the highest levels is the manner in which we prepare, um, and, and I think that that's an area where we could definitely get a lot better. And if you want to be the best, you have to prepare like the best. And I, I think that it's really easy to 
not get focused before a game in the, in the way that you need to, especially as rosters are getting better, uh, bigger. Um, you know, I think a lot of it comes from uh, defense mechanisms, honestly, in some aspect. It's, it's hard to prepare yourself mentally to extremely focus for a game when you know there might not be any chance you're playing in that game. So you, you have to take it upon yourself to either separate from a group that's not focusing so that you could focus because you know you are playing and you know you need to be ready. And, uh, and, then, and then let the ones that want to waste their own time, you know, waste their own time. And again, you know, it doesn't matter what I've been through. It doesn't matter what I try to pass along to these kids as far as instilling what they have right in front of their hands and not wasting this opportunity because they're still going to make their mistakes. They're still going to drive right into the brick walls that I drove into. The difference is, is I just want to be there for them when they do make that mistake and pick them up and not let them make the same mistake that I made and run when adversity strikes. Yeah. I see that you're also a head coach of a independent baseball team too. I mean, what, what don't you do? (laughs) <laughs> so the in the summer i'm the head coach of the carolina disco turkeys it's a uh, it's been an awesome experience our owner is a, is a great guy who's uh who's got a good vision for the city that i'm actually coaching in for for just bringing a wood bat summer collegiate team in into the uh the city and uh man he his social networking and social media has been superb i mean we're we're already flying by CPL teams as far as followers and, you know, product and gear and the, the community of baseball has just really taken us in as far as a team and, and let us go out there and have some fun. And uh, at this point, this only being our second year, the way that I would equate us playing is we're Savannah banana light. So mm. we're, we're, we're out there being respectfully rowdy. Uh, we're going to yeah. have a good time playing baseball, but it's uh, you know, as much as we're, we're developing our players and letting them have some fun. It's about fan entertainment. Uh, if you're not in the game, we've got our guys up there in the, in the crowd interacting with, uh, with people, making them enjoy their time. And um, what I really liked about last year being our first year, and we've got a really, really good roster that we're ending up, ending up bringing in uh, this year. But last year, it, it was still a talented roster, but there was kids definitely on the team that, that was going to be the height of their baseball career. That, that was going to be the biggest thing that they could ever say that they did in the game of baseball. And when, when you get a chance as a, as a college athlete to sign autographs for kids, I mean, that's, that's just awesome because they don't know who you are. They don't know who you are at all. They just know that you made them feel great in that moment as, as a person that there's, that's there watching you. And, and our guys just did a great job of, making the fans feel in uh, enjoyment in their process of coming out and, and watching a baseball game and uh, play some good music during, uh, during the game. You know, it, it's easy to go with it. They got some disco t- tunes and whatnot, and just some good music, fan interaction, like I said, and, and uh, some good uniforms and a good logo for sure. So it was a, it was a great experience and I'm excited to be at it again this summer. Fantastic. Kirk, you've been incredible guest. I appreciate you coming on. And I know we had some scheduling issues that, you know, I've been, I've been out of town lately. So I appreciate you kind of making the, making the adjustment on the fly. Any last things you want to say, please plug yourself, um, social media, everything 
um, so people can come and, and find you and, and, you know, consume your content. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, well, uh, Pursuit for Purpose, like I said, is one of the things that uh, uh, I'm doing uh, the most right now and that I'm really proud of. But uh, if you wanted to follow me at, uh, at Coach Kirk Cabana on Twitter as well, too, that's probably where I'm the most active, even more than the, uh, you know, the Twitter page for Pursuit for Purpose. But uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying putting out a, a Monday mindset uh, video uh, these days. And, and I'm just trying to pour into people and connect with the community, connect with people. Um, baseball has given me the beautiful gift of human interaction. Um, it, what I've loved the most about recruiting is getting a chance in the same day to talk to a kid from Australia, Japan, and Canada. You know, that you can, you can just spread your wings and, and connect with people. And what I love about recruiting more than anything about getting somebody to come to my school is being an encourager to the athlete being somebody that gets to be in their corner and, and believes in them and their process, because look, every school is not for every person. And it would be absolutely insane if it was, but just because somebody chooses not to come to our university does not mean that we don't get to have a positive correspondence in that process. So uh, I love connecting with people. If you follow me and shoot me a DM, I'm almost certainly going to get back to you so that we can connect because we never know where any of us are going to be five, 10 years from now. By all means, the person sending me a message could end up being my boss. And uh, I just think that this is all about building awesome, positive relationships, encouraging each other through the opportunity that we get to be uh, together in. And, and there's enough negativity in the world. And, and I've just decided I'm not going to be a part of it. Mm, awesome. So, Kirk, yeah. yeah. I appreciate, I, I appreciate it, it again. You. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Great stuff. We'll make sure to put you know your show, social media links in the, um, in the show notes and everything. So appreciate it, man. Good luck today. I know you guys are playing today. And um, man, we'll be in touch. So I appreciate it again. Absolutely, Patrick. It's, uh, it's an honor to get to be on your platform. And uh, you got a great show that you're putting on. And if Pursuit for Purpose can ever get to be a, an eighth of what uh, the, the Patrick Jones of baseball podcast does, I mean, man, it's going to be a success. Appreciate it.